0: Welcome to episode 34 of the Champs and Chums Podcast. I'm Anthony.
1: And I'm Ashton.
0: Father-son fun talk on sports, life, and friendship. Coming up on episode 34, we'll star and soar, Blue Jay style. We'll go one-on-one and best of with broadcaster, columnist, and baseball media personality, Mike Wilner. Cheers to dynamic duos. Father-son free-for-all will go gold-silver-bronze for famous father-son sports personalities. And we'll head for home on episode 34 with our special segments, All Pro Go, a Did You Know Sports Spotlight, and Champs and Chums personal salutes to our stars on and off the field. That's all coming up on episode 34 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Thanks Thanks for listening. listening. Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy June, everybody. We hope you're doing well. It's a very special month here on Champs and Chums because it's our Father's Day month episode. So i uh, so glad to have you with us here in episode 34. And of course, it's now my pleasure to bring in my forever Champ and Chum, my co-host Ashton. Ashton, how you doing, my
1: man? Well, I'm doing good and um, I can't wait to get episode 34 started off.
0: That's right. Kicking it off here in this uh, June. It's now officially summer as we uh, bring this broadcast to you. So we're really happy about that. But uh, you know, Ashton, uh, we should probably start it right off the top of the the scorecard, right at the top of the lineup. Um, Let's talk about Father's Day. You know, this is a father-son podcast Um, champs and chums, father-son, fun talk about sports life and friendship, uh, now 34 episodes deep. Um, We've had a whale of a June, and and, uh, certainly a very, very busy and exciting Father's Day weekend, but let's kick it off this way. What does Father's Day mean to you, my man?
1: Well, it means celebrating everything that your father's done for you and uh, has helped you with over the course of your life and it's an amazing thing to appreciate your fathers on this day and um, it's a day that is very special because you can celebrate all the accomplishments of your father and what he's done.
0: Well, that's really some really nice and kind words for you, but I want to turn the tables for you on there a little bit too, because when I think of, you know, accomplishments and great gifts, um, geez, they all center around you. So I really want to thank you, you know, uh, for me and for all the fathers out there, the the greatest gifts and accomplishments you can have is watching um, the great people in your life um, do amazing things and uh, maybe just be a a good coach along the way, and um, that's what I take great pride in, and um, so happy Father's Day, and thank you for those kind words, Ashton, but happy Father's Day to uh, fathers, and happy Father's Day to father figures, right, Ashton? I mean, you know, there's, uh, father figures come in many forms, right? They're, you know, they can be dads, they can be grandpas, they can be uncles, they can be great friends they can be moms uh they could be a coach on a on a sports team they could be a teacher in school father figure such a powerful and inspiring responsibility and opportunity to help mentor some great people along the way so um yeah great to have you with us here in episode 34 it's june 2022 hard to believe ashton we're in the heart of summer how you been feeling about the heart of summer um yeah, well, take it away.
1: Well, I feel the weather's been great so far, um, but I feel like there's going to be a bit badder weather on the way, uh, maybe a bit. And I think this the, so far the summer's pr- pretty much going well. And at the time of this recording, I think it was at least a day or two ago, um, it was my last day of school, so... Um, now I'm off, and now I'm doing the podcast, which is super exciting.
0: Well, that's great, man. That's right. I mean, yeah, it's been kind of a really hot start to your uh, your summer vacation, but let's dial back a bit, because it's been a really impressive, outstanding, and award-winning grade four year for you, Ashton. So why don't you tell the fans, uh, share maybe about what some of the highlights were of grade four, and... And then that wonderful sign-off that, as you said, at the time of this recording, only a few days uh, passed.
1: Uh, Yeah, grade four has been amazing to learn, succeed, and have fun, but also learn a lot more along the way. And um, I'm just super grateful that um, I had... A great great friends, a great teacher, a great learning environment, and overall a great school to go to. And um, I came out of grade four with my fourth honor roll, so it's a pretty big moment for me.
0: Oh, that's, that's, that's an, uh, an enormous moment, Ashton. This is obviously a great credit to all of the great things that you're, uh, you're learning, you're taking in. We, are, we always talk about it on Champs and Chums. I mean, you know, talent is one part of the equation talent plus hard work can mean and result result in some extraordinary things so congratulations uh my man you're doing wonderful things and do you want to shout out to anybody over in the at the roundtree family i know uh, at the time of this recording too there's kind of going to be a nice fun end of the summer uh get together outdoors but uh, anybody you want to shout out to, to right now
1: Uh, well, maybe, let's think who I have in my class, maybe Jonathan, he's a very good friend of mine, and he's always super fun to hang around, and he's really good with this coding website called Scratch, where you can make games, and also, I want to shout out to Athigen, um, great friend to hang around, lots of, he has lots of sense of humor, and he's just an amazing guy, um. And Najla, too, she's been uh, one of my great friends uh, since grade four started. And um, right now she's in uh, Saudi Arabia, so it's pretty sunny over there. Um, And it's pretty much matching the weather here as well because it's sunny over here and it's probably sunny in Saudi Arabia as well.
0: Sure is. Well, you got a great uh, lineup of chums there. So yeah, great year for you, my man. Great things happening and uh, looking forward to uh, uh, some great fun times together uh, as you have your summer vacation. And, uh, and then uh, of course, September meets and it's the drive for five, Yep. right? How about that for, uh, for uh, uh, a marketing line, the drive for five?
1: Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, handle
0: all right, good stuff. Well, uh, hey, let's um let let's catch up on uh, some really fun experiences you've had in June. I mean, Father's Day weekend was very busy, very memorable in so many ways. I mean, um, what did you think of doing your 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 uh, latest edition of Facebook Live?
1: Well, the Facebook Live was amazing. Going through photos that I've experienced with you and. Um it it was an is it was an amazing Facebook live because bringing those pictures up just brings me back to that moment and um, there were pr- there were some pretty awesome pictures there and I think that it was probably one of the best Facebook lives we've ever done.
0: Oh, it was a, it was a lot of fun. So thanks to uh, a champ and chum of ours, Angela, for helping pr- uh, produce the show for us. She mm-hmm. did it. Uh, remotely and did a a, a wonderful job. So shout out to Angela for that and spending uh, part of her Friday night helping out her champs and chums. Uh, Well, listen, uh, you've done a lot of uh, practice over at the practice range as we turn our attention to golf. But father and son, everybody had an opportunity on Father's Day weekend to tee it up officially for the very first time, our first golf outing of the season. Ashton, uh, share the stories.
1: Well, uh, we went to Derrydale, uh, golf course, which is the sister course of, uh, Aaron Heights. And it, it was a good course, but there was lots of water. And, um, we were golfing with two amazing golfers, Jason and Matt. Shout Shout out out to to them. Yeah.
0: Shout out to Jason and Matt, uh, soon to be friends of the show. We did tell them we had a podcast. Yep.
1: Yeah. And they were amazing at golf and, um, Jason worked there, so he knows the holes, and they were doing uh, an event for the uh, Special Olympi- Olympics um, some, somewhere this year or maybe next year, uh, and that I think that's very good that they're doing something for the Special Olympics, supporting kids with disabil- disabilities and saying they can play sports no matter what their condition is
0: yeah great words there great round of golf uh it was the first time we golfed at Dale. 12 holes everybody right and uh you know you had some great shots there and i had a a couple beauties there one that's uh just sat right it was a seven iron about 170 yards i believe it was hole number eight and i i I just put it almost near the near the cup
1: yeah that was true and uh oh that one shot also um
0: yeah, you hit it over the pin.
1: Yeah, I did. Um, it was I think near the end, maybe the ninth hole or the eighth hole. It, and it was about a hundred and ten yards. I hit it past the pin, so that's my uh, new record. You got probably, some muscle.
0: You got some muscle in those swings, there, uh, my 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 chum.
1: It's probably because my last record was a hundred and seven yards uh so this record would have been if it passed a pin probably about 112 13 yards now i get
0: i get a sense now and they always talk about this and um you know for those who love golf you get the golf itch yeah like you love to play i get the sense that you really love to play and for tell share with the fans those who may not have picked up a golf club in some time or or thinking about it why why do you like golf and why should they actually uh um you know give it give it their best uh, shot
1: Well, uh, I think golf is a very interesting game uh, because you have to switch and think. You have to switch your clubs a lot uh, for certain shots, for certain holes. And um, it's a very big thinking game as well. You got to strategize where you're going to hit it. And also, it's a very quiet game and and it's very peaceful. So you have your 100% focus on hitting the ball instead of all the fans like hockey, let's say, um, uh, screaming, shouting, uh, and you, you're playing.
0: Yeah, it's 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 nice and it's quiet and peaceful until you kind of maybe uh, t- um, take your, your drive right into the bushes or yeah. <laughs> or or maybe go kerplunk into the water. Uh, yeah. Was it was it the famous saying? I think it was Mark Twain or, or, or one of those famous um, uh, thought leaders um, or poets that said, uh, "Golf is a is a uh, perfect walk spoiled." <laughs> anyways i agree with you though it's really nice to be outdoors and share that uh that special time with you so yeah great uh great uh course there Derrydale golf course in mississauga if you get a chance check it out uh well speaking of checking out and uh, doing uh, different things you had a real hot flaming kind of an experience for dinner that same father's day weekend too uh, well why don't you tell the fans about that
1: well yeah that was um uh Tapanyaki. so you'd basically go to the restaurant um and it uh, someone would cook in front of you which was actually very interesting i know you told me i went when i was little but i don't remember you
0: did we were in cuba and, and you checked it out but yeah you're much young there you might have actually probably been you know eight or nine months actually so
1: and um, it was an amazing experience um, seeing all the food get cooked in front of me. And it was kind of different from your average restaurant where you go order the food, they cook it up in the back, and then they just give it to you. It's, it's pretty different because um, you're getting your food cooked right in front of you.
0: Yeah, lots of uh, uh, entertainment Yep. You know, the, uh, the, that cook was so talented, the way that he could flip those, um, his tools around, like it was, uh, he was juggling or he was, I don't know, just, uh, working. Um, yeah, just like, uh, like such a talented centerman or something like that, yeah. but it was a great experience. And, uh, but I mean, it all got capped off just a wonderful father son, uh, weekend down at the blue Jay game. Not only was it a memorable game because the Jays came back from an 8-3 margin to beat the uh, the powerful New York Yankees and salvage a game of that three-game set, and they won 10-9, but Ashton, of all the wonderful things to come true on Father's Day, with all the wonderful things we did, it just seemed like it was just so... Um, it was magical that this next thing happened. Why don't you share it with the fans?
1: Well, yeah, the, uh, the, the, it was not really only the only magical thing because on Sunday you got to run the bases, which was not as magical, which what I'm going to tell you right now, because this is unimaginable. So Vladdy Guerrero, he usually warms up, um, at the start of a new inning um so after he's done warming up he he goes to throw the ball uh, and give it to a f- uh, a fan uh and i guess he saw me and uh he he tried once but it's that huge like meshing it's like probably over 50 feet and oh, um, more than that and it's That'd it's be like pre-
0: almost like hundred feet in the air. It's
1: pretty high, and then he got it the second time, and then my dad caught it, and we got a ball for Vladdy Guerrero. So that was a uh, a pretty very special moment, actually.
0: Father's Day, uh, on Father's Day, Ashton's favorite blue jay, Vladdy Guerrero. Uh, we kind of motion over to him, over uh, to him, to get his attention, because uh, obviously every other fan was trying to get the ball. It must have been those red sunglasses. It must Maybe. have been my kind of uh, hand signs pointing towards you. He made one attempt. It didn't go over. He And try, try as he did that all-star, that uh, soon-to-be, I would say, Hall of Famer. Uh, he popped it over. I barehanded it, caught it, and, uh, and it... Uh, it Right over to you. So, yeah, magical moment indeed. Well, let's keep the good baseball stories and good baseball messages going, Ashton. Because, everybody, we've got a very special guest. He's a signature name, signature face, and voice to Blue Jays baseball coverage for over 30 years. And he's coming up on our next segment. Uh, Ashton, tell the fans... Who's our best of guest?
1: He's a broadcaster, columnist, and Blue Jays media personality, Mike Wilner.
0: Oh, that's a great guest for our Father's Day Month episode. That's Mike Wilner, a great champ and chum of mine. Mike and I met, oh geez, it must have been about twenty, almost 25 years ago when I was with the Leafs and he was with 680 News as a reporter and uh, he would be doing live updates from the game. He was, of course, a reporter and to see all of the wonderful things he did to build his career, and then move in to become one of the signature names, voices, and faces of Blue Jays media uh, coverage was amazing. He was the play-by-play broadcaster from 2013 to 2020. Um, now in a fascinating role with uh, with Canada's largest uh, newspaper, uh, the Toronto Star, such a multi-platform media agency there. So he's, and of course, he's the host. Uh, affiliated with the star uh, in the syndicated podcast, host of the Deep Left Field um, show. And uh, yeah, what a great guest. Lots of baseball knowledge, great stories. You don't want to miss that one. There's actually a very special Father's Day story uh, with a Blue Jay. Mike Wildner will tell you about it here on Champs and Chums. Good stuff. Well, Ashton, um, it's Father's Day month. And, you know, uh, we were preparing for the show, and there's been so many beautiful ways that we've taken time out to uh, celebrate, acknowledge, and recognize um, the great father and son moments, memories. There's so many father-son duos in sports that we wanted uh, fans to acknowledge here. So we are pleased and we are proud to present to you our gold silver bronze for father and son athletes. Uh, Ashton, take it away with your bronze medal.
1: My bronze medal is Del Curry and Stephen Curry.
0: Well, is that not a great basketball father-son duo there? Uh, uh, Why don't you tell us a little bit more about... uh, Well, why don't I tell the fans a little bit more about Del, right? Because he's the dad. Yeah. And then maybe you can uh, uh, share a little bit more about, uh, about Seth. Mm-hmm. Or, or, sorry, Steph. He's got two sons, but we'll go with Steph. Well, everybody, Del Curry is a former NBA basketball player, and he retired in 2002 as the Charlotte Hornets all-time leader in points and three-point field goals made. And so he's currently a color commentator. That's Del Curry. And did you know, everybody, that um, Del Curry was drafted in 1986 in the first round, 15th overall, by the Utah Jazz? That's right. And he played from the, for the Utah Jazz, the Cleveland Cavaliers, the Charlotte Hornets, which we just talked about, the Milwaukee Bucks. But he ended his career, everybody, with the Toronto Raptors. That's right. From 99 to 2002, um... Dell Curry was a uh, was a member of the Toronto Raptors, so uh but his greatest achievement obviously is being a great dad. And I'm gonna turn it over to Ash who's gonna talk about the man. Steph Curry.
1: Well, Steph Curry actually has the first uh the same first name as his father does, Wardell. And he is currently playing for the Uh, golden state warriors and he's number 30 he's a point guard and he was born march 14th 1988 and let's look at his awards four-time nba champion nba finals mvp he
0: didn't get one in 2019 though my boy no when he lost to the raps but yeah that's pretty impressive four-time nba champion
1: two-time nba most valuable valuable player, eight-time NBA All-Star, NBA All-Star Game MVP, four-time All-NBA First Team, uh, three-time All-NBA Second Team, All-NBA Third Team, NBA Western Conference Finals MVP, two-time NBA Three-Point Contest uh, Champion, and two-time... NBA Scoring Champion, NBA Steals Leader, 50-40-90 Club, uh, NBA All-Rookie First Team, and NBA 75th Anniversary Team. And the list goes on and on.
0: It sure does. We could spend a whole segment talking about all his credentials. That's Steph Curry. But there's the father-son duo. Ashton's bronze medal is Del Curry and Steph Curry. Over to Dad for my bronze medal for famous father-son sports duos. And I'm going to actually bring it back closer to home here, Ashton. I'm going to bring it out onto the ice. I'm going to bring it back to uh, a father-son duo that I actually knew. And that is Toronto Maple Leaf fan favorite, Ty Domi. And his son, Max Domi, who's still playing in the NHL. That's right, Ty Domi. Who was selected in the 27th overall pick, 1988 uh, draft by the Toronto Maple Leafs? Played from 1989 to 2006. One of the most feared players to play in the NHL, Ash. and there's no doubt about that. Uh, third career, uh, third overall in in career penalty minutes. Um, he was definitely um, one of the most hardest working, um, one of the most toughest. One of the great team players and one of the great ambassadors in the community I had a pleasure to work with Ty while I was with the lease for the, my uh, almost four years uh, there in uh, median PR, and uh, so that's Ty Domi. Now, what about his son, who I actually met? He was he probably would have been only five years old then, was Max Domi, when Ty used to bring him around. The dressing room, lace up his skates. He'd go out on the ice, whether it be at Maple Leaf Gardens or as we uh, moved into the Air, uh, Air Canada Centre, the name at that time. But uh, Ty, uh, Max Domi, maybe didn't have some of the uh, muscle and brawn, although he still could drop the gloves. That's for sure. Max Domi, he had a he had a, a a good scoring touch as well too. Twelfth uh, overall. In the 2013 draft by the Phoenix Coyotes, that's Max Domi, and he had a great run, uh, Ashton, with the Carolina Hurricanes in the playoffs. Yes, he did. Right? So um, so there it is, uh, father-son duo, a little bit closer to home, Ty Domi and Max Domi. Ashton, over to you for your silver medal.
1: My silver medal is Alex Bunbury and Teal Bunbury.
0: What a great selection. It, it, you know you're you're bringing it closer to home with Champs and Chums. Those are our uh, Alex being our episode 18, I believe, right?
1: Yes, it is.
0: Best of guests tell tell the uh, the folks a little bit more about Alex Bunbury.
1: This is a huge coincidence actually. He was born the 18th, which is when we had him on the episode 18, and he he was born the 18th of June, and this is our June episode.
0: Yeah, that's right, my man. Some really, and actually 1967 is Confederation for Canada. Yeah. And he represented Canada so, uh, so well internationally, uh, playing uh, for the national team as well, too. Wow.
1: Yeah, and he played for Maritimo in per- Portugal for uh, 13 years. Um,
0: and he was born in Guyana.
1: Yeah, he was. Okay, let's go to Teal Bunbury now. So teal Bunbury is a professional soccer player who plays as a forward and midfielder for Nashville uh, SC uh, Major League Soccer. Born in Canada he re- he represents the United States national team and he was born actually in Hamilton and let's look at his national team records. 2007. Canada Under-17, 2008-2009, Canada Under-20, 2012 uh, United States Under-23. So you had dual
0: citizenship.
1: Yeah. And 2010-2012, to 2012, United States um, National Team. So that's a pretty big national team um, record right there for um, Teal Bunbury.
0: Yeah, great father-son selection, close to home, our episode 18, best of guests, great man, Uh, Great, uh, great player and his son the same way. That's Teal Bunbury. uh, Sorry, Alex Bunbury and Teal Bunbury. Uh, Ashton. Now it's time for my silver medal, and I'm going to actually bring it further home to the champs and chums as well too, because I'm going to share with you our episode fourteen best of guests. That's right, the father-son duo of Neil Lumsden and Jesse Lumsden as uh, my uh, pick. For silver medal and uh, uh, Neil has recently been in the news I mean obviously his accomplishments uh, you know uh, winning the Grey Cup uh, three three times um, you know being an all-star uh, just a great uh, a great slot back um, for the Edmonton Eskimos but recently of course uh, Neil uh, was just uh, nominated to become uh, the member of provincial parliament Ashton in Hamilton, Stony Creek. So congratulations to our episode 14 uh, champ and chum, Neil Lumsden, for that. And of course, uh, his son Jesse, just a human highlight reel, multi-sport athlete, starred in the CFL as an enormously quick, fast, um, and strong uh, running back. He took those uh, athletic skills into competing into the in the Olympic Games in bobsleigh. So um, it's so great to, uh, to honor these two great men who were uh, so great and kind enough to come on the show. And uh, yeah, it's great to keep in touch with uh, Neil and Jesse Lumsden, my silver medal. Ashton, over to you for your gold medal.
1: My gold medal is is Vladimir Guerrero Sr. and Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
0: Well, it's all coming into focus there, right? I mean, what an all-star duo, a father-son duo you pick there. Uh, why don't you tell the fans a little bit more about uh, Vladdy Guerrero Sr.?
1: So, uh, he was an amazing player, and his MLB statistics: batting average point three one eight, hits uh, two thousand five hundred and ninety, home runs four hundred and forty nine, are his RBI one thousand four hundred and ninety six, and the teams he played for: the Montreal Expos, Anaheim Angels, which is now the Los Angeles Angels, uh, Texas Rangers, Baltimore. Orioles and his career highlights and awards they're amazing nine-time all-star AL MVP uh, eight-time silver slugger award and the Anaheim Angels Hall of Fame
0: yeah but bigger than that Ashton if uh, just to share with the fans Hall of Fame definitely for the uh, Anaheim Angels but the uh, the most hallowed shrine in baseball in Cooperstown Vladdy Guerrero Sr. inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in 2018. Good stuff. Now, what about Junior? He's no slouch himself.
1: Yeah, Junior, he's a uh, very, very good player. Um, Here is his uh, statistics Uh, since June 20th of this year. His batting average, .285. Uh, home runs, eighty nine runs batted in, two hundred and fifty four, uh, and let's look at his career highlights and awards: an All Star, an All MLB First Team, Al Hank Aaron Award, a uh, Silver Slugger Award, MLB Home Run Leader, and that—that that is so many awards that he can cherish and say he has been part of those moments yeah and... but Ashton
0: you know in, in in sort of uh this reference that you're you're looking at here as you share the uh, beautiful uh career accomplishments and achievements here for Flaty Jr. I think it just says here right under MLB Home Run Leader 2021 gave Ashton Alfred co-host of Champs and Chums a game ball
1: really uh-huh <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I think I got that. you on
0: that one there my friend but uh anyhow it'll be there as a matter of time. Good stuff. That's Ashton's uh, silver, a uh, gold medal for father-son dynamic uh, sports duos, Vladdy Senior and Vladdy Junior. Now it's over to uh to Dad uh for to close out this segment for uh famous father-son sports duos and I tell you out of all the amazing father-sons Uh, in sports, over um, the history of all the sports, major sports you can think of, there's only one, everybody, that is truly great. And that's right, the great one. Walter Gretzky, the great one's dad, and Wayne Gretzky, the great one. Um, Yeah, just such a great... uh, uh, And I actually had the opportunity to meet both of them very briefly, Wayne, and spent a lot more time with Walter, and God rest his soul, um, you know, sadly, he passed away uh, in March of last year, March the 4th, but his commitment to see Wayne and all his kids um, uh, persevere and become great, you know, you remember those famous, uh, um, you know, footage of of Walter watering the backyard, right? Making sure the ice was ready to go, right? And spending the time with Wayne. I mean, it all pays off. So the great one's dad is uh, my gold medalist. And then, of course, out of all his great accomplishments, his son Wayne went on to become, you know, I would say the best hockey player and the, the, one of the greatest sports figures to revolutionize a sport. We all remember he spent a lot of winning years with the Edmonton Oilers, and then when he got traded to Los Angeles, it just seemed to take hockey and the interest of it to a whole new level. So, uh, yeah, ending this segment on a great note, that's my gold medal, the great ones, Walter Gretzky and Wayne Gretzky. Ashton, it's been an incredible segment, and you're going to take us to break.
1: This ends our Father-Son Free-For-All segment. More Father-Son Fun Talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums Podcast.
0: Father-Son Fun Talk, you're listening to Episode 34 of the Champs and Chums Podcast, and Ashton, it's now time for a next edition of our Best Of segment. And what a star guest we have for our fans this month. Hey Ashton, I got two questions for you, my man. Are you ready to go deep left field on episode 34?
1: Sure am.
0: Are you ready to strike out the side here on Champs and Chums? Of course. Well, our very special guest is a shining star and soars among the well-known of Blue Jay Media personalities. He's a signature name, face, and voice to Blue Jays baseball for over 30 years. Our best of guest is a five-tool player who has fashioned a distinguished career in sports media. His multi-platform talent has his legion of fans informed and entertained inside the lines and off the field, radio broadcaster, analyst, host, insider, trusted reporter, insightful columnist, and podcaster. These only begin to describe the attributes that have made him truly award-winning. An honours graduate from the University of Toronto, sports journalism has always been a passion and purpose for our special guest. His range of media experience working up to the bigs prepared him well for a major league run behind the mic. From 2013 to 2020, Our special guest was your Blue Jays radio play-by-play voice for Sportsnet 590, The Fan. You can now read him, see him, and hear him for the Toronto Star, one of Canada's largest multimedia news agencies. He also is a show host for Deep Left Field, a syndicated podcast where he goes one-on-one with stars from around the major leagues. Our Best of Guests has had many accomplishments over his decorated career. This includes the recipient of two prestigious awards in 2020, the John Cerruti Award for Goodwill, Cooperation, and Character, and the inaugural Bob Elliott Award for Positive Impact on Baseball in Canada at all levels. He has helped many aspiring media with encouraging support and sage advice. Ladies and gentlemen, we're pleased to be joined by a certified champ and chum, Blue Jays media personality, Mike Wilner. Mike, welcome to Champs and Chums.
2: I'm thrilled to be here, and you are far too kind with that introduction. Thank you very much.
0: Oh, all richly deserving, Mike. It's uh, so great to catch up with you, um, you know, as we were chatting off air it's a treat for Ashton because he's a big Blue Jay fan and he's heard you, he's seen you, he's learned a lot more about you, but of course, having the chance to uh, connect with you, boy oh boy, it's got to be 20 plus years ago, so like it's over two decades and have a chance to reconnect here on this special father-son project, it's extra, extra special, so thanks so much.
2: Yeah, no, it is, uh, it's special for me too, I, you know, it, it's been for sure over 20 years, probably 25 since... You and I have uh, seen each other, and, and uh, uh, but I, I always have fond memories of you, always very, very uh, appreciative of the work you did and the help that you were able to provide in, in uh, what was often not a terribly helpful environment, but you really stood out.
0: <laughs> well, uh, so I, that's unforgettable for sure. Oh, well, that's nice of you to say, my friend. It's yeah, great to catch up. And yeah, I mean, for those uh, listeners who... Uh, uh, haven't had a chance we've talked about it on the past 33 episodes this being episode 34 and champs and chums some great uh, memories and moments in the world of sports communications for me so you know great champs and chums like Mike Wilner have had the opportunity to to uh, work with team with when I was with the Leafs and to see and hear and learn of uh, the way Mike's car- career just skyrocketed it's been just such a such a great blessing to have you here on on the pod
2: thank you again that's that's again far too kind of you but I appreciate it a lot not too many people who you know were there when right and you were definitely one of them
0: oh that's nice you to say uh good stuff well Mike um it, we'll get going with this on the opening pitch of our great best of segment here with Blue Jays media personality, Mike Wilner. Uh, uh, Mike, it's uh, dad over here to the left of the, uh, of the broadcast booth, as it were, uh, from our end and uh, would love. I mean, you, you've had such an impressive scorecard of accomplishments over your career. Um, what do you take us through your early interest and ambitions to get into the world of sports journalism and sports broadcasting?
2: You know, it's interesting. It's not something, well, it's interesting to me anyway. not something that I really aspired to as a kid. It wasn't something that that I thought was even uh, a possibility or, or, you know, even considered. When I went to the University of Toronto, I figured I'd wind up being a lawyer or maybe an accountant or something like that. I was always pretty good with numbers. My father's an accountant and law always seemed sort of attractive and it seemed like you know you do that because that's what you're supposed to do and um, and those are, are like um, stable career paths but um, but I always loved sports and I'd always you know listened to um, Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth and you know early when even before that and on the radio doing Jay's games and I remember, when I was in, uh, I don't know, like 13 or 14, I would uh, tape Leaf games to listen back when like Ron Hewitt uh, and Dale Tallon were the, the radio broadcasters. So like the pre-Joe Bowen days, it's got to be super early 80s. Um, and I guess there was always that sort of um, an interest, and, and, but, but never to the extent that I thought oh, I'll be able to do that you know, for a living or anything. And then um, when, uh, when first year university started, I found the radio station and um, thought that would be a fun thing to do. And I sort of did like sports updates in the mornings and um, eventually started to do university hockey games. And then uh, when the radio station kind of, uh, moved away from university and became more of a community station and dropped sports, I, I went into the um, the Department of Athletics and Recreation, which is now Phys Ed, and I was a public address announcer for basketball and football and hockey and volleyball, and that was an absolute blast. And, um, you know, I sort of found my way into – uh, call and play by play. And I worked in the minor leagues when I was 19 in Welland, Ontario for the pirates. And, um, you know, a step here and a step there and all of a sudden right place at the right time, meet the right people and, and impress them once you get there and doors open up and, and, uh, and they did. And, and I have, um, you know, no illusions about how lucky I was and, and, uh, I know there are a lot of people who uh, didn't get the opportunities that I did, but um, I was very happy to get them, and, and I to, I feel earned them, and and kept earning more and more, and uh, and wound up in a, a chair that I never expected to sit in for a couple of terrific seasons.
0: Well, absolutely, and uh, impressive, earned them you did, and uh, I I heard you when you said you know meeting the right person or the people at the right time. You know, we talk a lot about it on champs and chums about mentorship, how important that is. And, you know, hearing you, um, you know, dial back and, and think about your journey of success. I, I wonder if you can talk about mentors in your life that helped uh, play a role in the success that you have achieved and, and more to come as, as a journalist and a broadcaster.
2: Well, uh, I mean, you know, in, in, this situation that you know you're talking right now where we're talking about fathers and sons and parents and kids and stuff um it starts at home right if if my uh single mother hadn't been okay with me doing all these jobs for no money uh and being supportive and and not you know me not having to worry about paying rent and and all those sorts of things or, or the pressure to, uh, again, look for a more traditional sort of path of employment then I wouldn't have been able to do any of it. Right. So, um, you know, she let me borrow her car to commute back and forth to Welland in the summer of 1989 to, to call those games and, uh, while I was making like 40 bucks a weekend doing U of T um, public address stuff, there was never any like pressure, never any rolling of the eyes. So, you know, it all starts with that. If you've got support at home, um, it's, it's invaluable. And then of course the people you meet along the way, right? Like Tim Haffey, um, was the, uh, Sports director at CIUT, the University of Toronto Radio Station, when I started there in 1988. And he was the first contact I had at the fan because he had gone on to work there. And then when I was doing U of T basketball as a a public address guy, and I called in because back then the only way that radio stations and newspapers and stuff would find out What happened in a game was if somebody called them um, in the days of no internet. So, you know, and I called the fan and said, hey, here's what happened in the U of T basketball game. Tim Haffey answers the phone and says, hey, do you want to give me a 30-second report? And I'll put it on the radio. And that was a huge start. Um, You know, Nelson Millman, who was the program director at the fan uh, who hired me, was massive. Scott Metcalf who was the news director there at the fan who remembered me seven years after I had been there as an intern for a month and reached out in 2001 when the job came open Uh, and Scott Ferguson left. Absolutely incredible. And then of course, like Tom Cheek, how can, you know, that's, that's easily the biggest mentor and teacher and, uh, champion and voice for me. Um, was absolutely Tom and, and you know he for the, the first however many years he had no idea because I'm just listening to him on the radio and, and him being awesome and then I got to meet him in 1988 um, because for some crazy reason when I was uh, at the X covering the Jays game for U of T radio I struck up this friendship with Len Bramson, who was probably 60 years older than me, who I had no idea who he was, but he was the architect of the whole uh, Blue Jays radio network from the very beginning. And at one point he just said, hey, you want to go in and meet Tom and Jerry? And I was like, yeah. (laughs) And so,
1: you know, we met then in
2: 1988, and then 2002 I started working with him, and, and he was just so kind and giving and, and, uh, wonderful. Um, and, you know, by example and by like grabbing you by the scruff of the neck and, and telling you what, what's, what you should be doing. And, um, so now, and then later I got to work with Alan Ashby, who was such an incredible human. Um, Peter gross, who hired me at six eighty. um, in 1995, who, you know, I met in 94 and auditioned for, and he loved the audition, and he said, "Uh, we don't have a job for you right now, but when we do, I'll call you, and you know as well as anybody that in this business that doesn't mean a thing, Uh, but he did. And and that led to the next step, and and there are all these fantastic people who have
0: mentored and helped and, and been wonderful along the way. Well, I tell you, you've, uh, outlined some superstars. Some of them I've had a chance to, you know, uh, to meet, connect with and, and work with too. So, uh, just a, a fantastic way to describe people in your life that really help make a difference and, uh, and really show you the way, and uh, and uh, to carve out uh, successes you have, it uh, definitely takes a a group of superstars. Some of them you just mentioned there, so that's great. Uh, Mike, I it's now my pleasure and privilege to have step up to the plate here on this best of interview. My forever champ and chum, Ashton, who's got some uh, questions for you. Ashton, take it away.
1: Mike, you've had outstanding success in your sports media career. Can you share with the fans some of your personal career highlights?
2: I mean, there are there are so some, uh, some, but um, you know, you go all the way back, right? The first, the first time I was ever on the radio, and I remember. Uh, it was like mid-September 1988, I was doing this Monday morning sportscast on a university radio station and maybe four people were listening to, I don't know. Um, But I walked out of that building and I was just so proud and uh, and, had this huge smile on my face and it was so much fun and and, uh, you know, I still remember that feeling and it was that long ago that the first the the maiden main story that day was that Ben Johnson, oh. the disgraced sprinter, was giving his gold medal back in Seoul. Uh, that was that was the day it happened. So uh, that was my first ever sportscast, and that was I mean just to do it was such a career highlight. I I did play by play of the. Um, what was then called the CIAU, which was uh, university—I um, don't even know what it's called now youth Sport or something. But the the CIAU, the 1990 National Hockey Championships at Varsity Arena um, did that. That was incredible. Um, you know, covering Blue Jay games. I remember uh, I was there when Kelly Gruber hit for the cycle at Exhibition Stadium. I was there when they clinched the the AL East in 1991. Dwayne Ward poured a beer on my head in the celebration oh, wow. of that after the game. Um, yeah, I was there for the the first Leaf game at Air Canada Center. I was there for the first ever Raptor game. Um, I was there for that great Raptor win against Michael Jordan and the Bulls in their first year. Um, so many of those. I was there for the, the, uh, Donovan Bailey, Michael Johnson race.
0: Oh, at Skydome. Sky Skydome. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yeah. In
2: 1997 or eight or something. Um, that was nuts. Um, you know, and then to get into the, the, the broadcast booth, um, the first, uh, first Major League Baseball game I ever was part of the broadcast was opening day 2002 at Fenway Park, and I was sitting there right in between Tom Cheek and Jerry Howarth. And in the ninth inning, I told a story about the Red Sox closer who since has gone on to do some horrible things in his life. But um, but at the, the time, we don't know any of that. And it was just a little funny, quirky story, and Tom Cheek loved it, and that was an incredible highlight, um, getting a call, my first big league inning in 2003 at Comerica Park in Detroit. Uh, it was a fifth inning of a Blue Jays uh, Tigers game and it was three up, three down in the top of the first and three up, three down in the bottom of the first, but it was awesome anyway. Um, and then, um, you know, becoming a regular member of the crew and, and, calling a, a couple of walk-offs in 2015 and calling Blue Jays playoff games and, um, you know, almost calling a Marco Estrada perfect game at the Trop in, in, uh, in Tampa Bay. Uh, so many. I interviewed Wayne Gretzky during spring training when he just happened to be sitting in the seats in, um,
1: in Lakeland
2: watching a Tigers game. I went down and interviewed him. I had uh, Paul Simon up in the booth. Uh, and we we talked. Uh, he, he spent a a Jays talk with me. So, and there are so many more that I can't that don't come to mind right now. But you know the the, the wonderful thing about being in a job like this is that there there are highlights all the time, and it's it's just uh, it, it's just so much fun. And it's uh, you know in when when your job. Is what everybody else sort of does for entertainment. It's, you're living in a whole other world, and it's, it's, uh, you never really work at all.
1: Oh, wow, amazing. Mike, um, what are some of the greatest lessons and words of advice you've shared with your daughters and your daughters have shared with you?
2: You know, it's interesting. I was talking with them about that uh, just today, and they couldn't remember too much specific advice. But I think, um, you know, w- what I've tried to pound into them, and I'm I'm really genuinely so thrilled that they've grown up into the people that they are and that they're kind and that they're uh, – Empathetic and that they um, want to do good and want to help people. Um, uh, And I think, uh, hopefully, I've had a little bit of a hand in that. Um, I I tend to uh, advise them um, to just, you know, try to do the right thing, don't let anybody take advantage of you. Be aware uh, of what's going on in the world and what you can do about it and and, and how you can help and, um, you know, try to leave the world a better place than it was when you got here. And I, I think also, you know, they're, they're both really so funny and, and there's this level of silliness um, in, in both of them. And I, I've tried to sort of grow that and make sure that sticks around and, and just make sure you're having fun. You're enjoying yourself. And, and, um, you know, it's, uh, there are times when you have to be serious. Um, and there are times when you have to, um, do things seriously. Like I've always impressed upon them that if you're going to do something, you might as well do it as well as you possibly can. Taking shortcuts generally leads to having to do things over again, and and it winds up making the whole process a lot longer than it should be. So you might as well do it right the first time and, and put everything you have into everything that you do. But also don't take yourself too seriously because that's, that's not what this is about Um, and as far as the things that they've taught me I mean obviously you know when when you have a child uh, your perspective on everything changes and and they're like they're easily the two best things in my life period Uh, and every stage of their life has been another wonderful thing to learn about and to watch Uh, But they're really, like, aware, they're really on the ball socially, and they've turned me around on a a whole lot of things. You know, there's uh, um, uh, the the whole, I don't know how to say this properly, but I guess, you know, when when you're talking about social justice now, um, talking about defunding the police, you know, the first time I heard that, I thought, that's ridiculous. Um, how, how would that work? Why would you do that? And they both taught me that, you know what, it's it's a good idea that, that um, you know, the. I don't want to get too deep into the political stuff here, but police, how often do they really stop crime versus how often do they really show up when something's going on and make it worse? And that there, there are different people who are trained for different things that should be utilized in different situations. Um, And there's no need to be spending nearly as much money as we do on these, what wind up being a lot of unhelpful people in unhelpful situations and, you know, never mind what's going on in the States. Um, My older daughter, was like a big proponent. Is a big proponent of a universal basic income, which is something that I would have thought is crazy a year ago. But listening to her and seeing her point of view and stuff, she makes a lot of sense. And and so they're they're absolutely teaching me about all kinds of things. And I just found out, well, it was reiterated, I guess, to me again today, that um, my older daughter, who doesn't have a full-time job or anything she's going to school but she's giving hundreds of dollars a month to friends of hers who need money she doesn't have, like relative to a, a grown-up she doesn't have any money but she's giving what she has away which is just i mean it Breaks your heart is the wrong way to put it, but it swells your heart, and it, it makes me just think of how amazing she is. And uh, you know, it's, it's another thing to to teach, and and not that I don't give to charities, but based on the things that she does, um, I'm giving a lot more than I used to. So it's a, it really is a there's a lot there's and and i think that there's a lot more that comes back um that your kids teach you than that you teach your kids when when uh, in the final analysis of everything
0: oh that's such great words um uh, special words and um some great insights and it sounds like you and your daughters are just great great battery mates as it were mike <laughs> to use the baseball analogy so um it's just you know proof positive and just to hear you describe some of the insights that not only you've you've given them but what they in turn have uh, done for you it's it's really special and heartfelt so thanks for that you're listening to episode 34 of the champs and chums podcast this is our best of segment we're here with broadcaster columnist and blue jays media personality mike wilner it's anthony and ashton and the broadcast chair um and mike you know a man of your resume a professional with with all the experience you you have in in baseball we'd be remiss uh if we didn't I'm going to actually get to that question right now and we're going to swing back to it to to another one but I, I wanted to ask you about the the Blue Jays uh you know knocking on the playoff door I believe this is season 7 of uh Mark Shapiro and Ross Atkins you know yep. uh many people would say that the, that the cupboard was was almost bare, and what they've done in terms of uh, you know, player development and, and building sort of that, those um, crop of rising stars who, who, who have made it up to the bigs, those that are coming. Uh, you know, What, what does Mike Wilner think about the Jays now, I guess, approaching the 70-game mark, and what's, what's your take on their performance thus far, and what are some of the things they're going to need to address to sort of make that long fall run that we hope for?
2: I think they're in really good shape, actually. You know, I'm sort of of the mind that, and always have been that, that 162 games sort of tells you who the best teams are. And then once you get in the playoffs, flip a coin, anybody can win. So all you really have to do is get to the playoffs to have a chance to win the world series. And I don't think there's any question that they're going to get to the playoffs this year. I know things are tightening up and whatever. They're a much better team than a lot of the teams that are around them. So, um, you know, even if by the end of June they're no longer in a wild card spot or whatever, uh, I'm not worried at all. I think that they'll be fine. And I think it's important to remember that once you get into the playoffs, really what do you need? Three good starters and four good relievers, and the Blue Jays have that. And they will add – every contender adds – relief help and on a desperate situation like they were last year when they were falling farther and farther and farther behind of a playoff spot in the middle of June because their bullpen was just so awful and their pitching is having a rough run as we speak but the hitting has taken over whereas for the first six weeks of the season the batters did nothing and the pitchers were fantastic and you know these are the ebbs and flows of a 162-game season. I think they're in a wonderful position. I think that they are an extraordinarily talented team. They'll get a little bit of pitching help, uh, but that's all they need is really a little bit of pitching help. And then once you get to the playoffs, the chips just kind of have to fall your way. Um, Winning the World Series is not about who's the best team. It's about who has the best October, and they've got as good a shot as anybody to do that.
0: I guess some reassuring words for our fans here on Champs and Chums. You heard it here from Mike, everybody. And you're right, Mike. I mean, you get just get a ticket to the dance, right? And, uh, and you know, you just let it uh, roll and, and, and see what happens from there. So that's just great insights from you uh, on what's ahead for our Blue Jays. Um, I want to bring it back, Uh, you know, the number 162 games. And, you know, with, with your illustrious career and, and all of the the, the busyness it's almost like planes, trains, and automobiles for you, I guess for from one ballpark to another and of course, you just mentioned um, just a few moments ago about uh, the love you have for your two daughters and and the special relationship you have. How do you make that all happen, Mike you know uh, you know uh, being on the baseball beat and just being uh, being the great dad that you are to your daughters.
2: Well, I mean, I hope I am. It, 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 that's the toughest part of it. And you know what? what's uh, interesting, I guess, was that when I did get fired from uh, the play-by-play job after the 2020 season, it, I mean, it certainly wasn't fun, but it wasn't as much of a gut punch um, as I expected it to be. I, I was pretty zen about it. And I think that one of the main reasons for that was because I always hated leaving. And, you know, when I was just the pre- and post-game guy, when I was doing play-by-play but only at home games, you know, 2013 was the only season prior to 18 that I was physically at all 162 games. Earlier, um, and even after that, when the Jays were on the road, I was in the studio at home and doing the, the pre and post game, so I could still see my kids every day. Um, and, and, you know, I, I try to uh, get as much time as I can with them when we're all available. But uh, in 13 and then in 18 and 19, uh, it was you're home a week, you're gone a week, you're home a week, you're gone a week. And the toughest thing thing to do was to leave them uh every week for a week and in fact you know um i know you know anthony about how travel works but um the way you know for the, the the people who don't when the blue jays leave on a road trip they take the take the bus from the ballpark to the airport um and then head out and and then, you know, come back and and take the bus back to the ballpark and everybody picks up their cars and goes home from there. But what I did since I live between the dome and the airport um, is when the Blue Jays would play that last home game before leaving for a road trip, uh, you know, the bus for the airport didn't leave for like an hour, an hour and 15 minutes after the game. I would just leave right away and drive home and hang out with the kids for like half an hour, 45 minutes, and then drive myself to the airport and meet the bus there. Uh, Got me in trouble a couple of times because of some traffic, but but it always worked. Uh, But just to get that little bit of extra time and to say goodbye and and all of that stuff. And, um, you know, I expected to keep doing it. I expected to keep being on the road with them all the time. Um, And I was thinking, well, now that the kids are older, it would be a little bit easier. It's not that much of a concern anymore. But, um, you know, the Blue Jays were in Chicago this week, uh, and they had a Wednesday day game and then day off and then Friday in Milwaukee. And had it worked out, I was going to go on that trip and stay in chicago and the girls were going to meet me after the wednesday game and we would have had the off day in chicago and hung out together but it did unfortunately um, circumstances changed i didn't wind up going on the trip anyway but i did wind up spending the off day with them but but I, you know you i take the opportunity it's more difficult now that they're getting older but not impossible and the, the good thing is that they still want to spend time with me um, and I'm always thrilled to spend time with them. So, you know, I, I, I get whatever I can and, and um, in the winter spend as much time as I can as, as possible with them. And uh, it's, it was never ideal, but we made it work. And uh, they would come to spring training with me before, you know, until they got into like grade five or six. They would come down for the whole month of spring training, um, and it would be, it would be terrific. And, and those are some wonderful memories that we'll always have. But, uh, um, you know, you do what you have to do to carve out as much time as you possibly can. Um, and I, I think we, we did all right.
1: Amazing. Mike, who are your favorite athletes of all time and why?
2: It's a good question. Um, And my usual answer to that question is, do you mean as a person or do you mean as an athlete? Um, But I'll give you both. Uh, It's very difficult for me to just sort of um, shorten the list, right? Uh, When I was a kid, I loved the, the... kind of background to your players. I don't know. It seems like a Toronto thing that that people, you know, we love the the scrappy guys who don't get the the big money or, or the big praise or whatever. Um, you know, these fans used to love like the Brad Smiths of the world. Um, when I was a kid, Rick Bassetti was one of my favorite players. He was the Blue Jays center fielder in the early, early days. And he, always made basket catches for some reason. That was his his thing. Um, and they had a guy named Mickey Klutz in 1982, and I loved, just for the name alone. Oh, right?
0: yeah, Mickey how, Klutz.
2: How did you not love the guy, right? Um, <clears throat> uh, for non-Blue Jays, Bip Roberts was my favorite player because he was um, the super talented little guy Really fast, played everywhere, uh, could get on base, steal bases, and and like he was one of the most underrated players in the game in the late '80s. Um, to the extent that I'm sure a lot of people have never even heard of him, but uh, you know, at some point it was like Ricky Henderson and Tim Raines and then him. Um, and as far as you know, once I started moving into the um, the the media sphere. Uh, you, you learn people on an entirely new level, and there are a lot of really wonderful, wonderful uh, people uh, that I have met. But I think that John McDonald probably is, was the best. Um, you know, the, the Jays shortstop for a while, who was a spectacular uh, defender and uh, just an unbelievable human being. I, I remember... Once I was, uh, I had set up an interview with him for a pregame show, for a 12:30 game, and he said, "I'll do it. I just need to take some ground balls first. And my show started at 12. The game started at 12:37,
1: and he's taking
2: ground balls, and it's like 11:15, and he's still taking ground balls. It's 11:30, and it's 20 to 12, and I'm like, "I mean, I'm, I can't do this. I can't sit and do an interview, turn it around, get it on the air, and still be on the air at 12." So. At like a quarter to 12, I, he's still taking ground balls, and I went upstairs to the broadcast booth, and um, I had my first segment of my show already done. We played that, we took the break, and it's like 12:20, and I'm running into the press box to see if I can find anybody to come in and fill this segment that John McDonald was supposed to tape with me. And there's John McDonald in oh, full uniform. Wow. Up in the press box wow. to come to do the interview live, which I mean, you know, Anthony never
0: happened. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Right. And, and I mean, so. I hear you talk about John McDonald, and it reminds me of this beautiful story. Was it? And actually, here we are in our Father's Day month episode. Didn't he hit a home run? Yeah. Uh, only was it a day or days after? Uh, sadly, his father passed away, and it was just such a beautiful moment. I, I do remember that that memory, uh, Mike.
2: It was the day that he got back after his father's funeral, and it was Father's Day.
0: And it was on Father's Day. That's right. Yeah, and it was
2: on Father's Day. And in fact, he came back that day because he and his father had this annual tradition of hosting a group, um, a charity group, in a box at the Dome. Oh, boy. And he and his father would speak to them before the game every Father's Day, and then he would come down and play. And he did not want to miss that. So he came back a couple of days after his father's funeral. And I remember in the clubhouse before that game, I remember Ricky Romero came up to him and said, hey, do you want me to come up with you to do this? And John said, no, no, I think I'll be okay. And he went and he did it, and he came back down. He didn't start the game, came in, pinch hit, and hit a home run. And it was, it's still one of the most incredible, emotional, unbelievable moments in the history of the blue Jays.
0: Oh, Mike, I'm, I, I'm its so beautiful hearing you describe that and yet brought, brought me back. But I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm going right to YouTube after the, after our good chat here and, uh, and really play that back. And, and so special to to hear you describe that for our listeners and here on this special father's day month episode. Um, but yeah, so, sorry to interrupt there with that one. I just wanted to share that.
2: No, absolutely. It's that's, that's, that's I'm glad you did. But like that's John McDonald and that's that's why he'll for sure like he's the first name on the list of favorite humans in uh, that I've come in,
0: into contact with as far as professional athletes. That's amazing. Um Mike uh you mentioned earlier in our our great chat here our best of segment with you we talked you talked about the media careers and you know saying you know it's might really hard these days to kind of have that stable career path right and and we've seen so much and you've been you've seen so much transformation and innovation in what we call sports media coverage today i mean it's just been so unprecedented um given your you know, your, your your great range of experience and now the wonderful place at the Toronto Star you are now where, you know, your multi-talented skills are, are really flexing for, for all your fans. I wonder if you can share a perspective on how you think sports media coverage will take shape now and, and into the future.
2: Yeah, I don't know if I think I can um, mm-hmm. because it feels like things are changing so quickly that, you know, in a year or two, there'll be some sort of, uh, sports delivery service or some sort of way of engaging with, uh, with sports fans that we've can't even think of right now. Um, technology advances and the changes are so quick. Um, you know, I know that there's a lot moving into the, the gambling sphere because there's a lot of money in gambling. Um, and, and I, I have a feeling that we're going to see more and more and more, uh, stuff that way. But I, I, I you know, the only thing I can think of is just, it's, it looks like it's going to be catered to sort of the individual user experience and the people are going to get, uh, specific things that they, you know, if you want to just watch this guy play third baseball game, well, let's go. You can just watch this guy play third baseball game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I really like, I think that there will be things that, um, again, I, I, we can't even fathom right now, that will be just par for the course within the next three to five years.
1: Yeah. Uh, Mike, I didn't, I didn't tell you this, uh, but... Yesterday was my last day of school, and um, it was great being in uh, grade four, and I left with my fourth uh, honor roll. And uh, on that topic of education, Mike, can you talk about the importance of education for young people?
2: Sure. I mean, you know, without putting too fine a point on it, it's incredibly important. Um, especially now, like, I feel like, um, I was sort of on the, the, the leading edge of, um, truth matters. Facts are important. Knowing stuff means something because now it feels like in the world we're currently living in, truth doesn't matter. And everyone, you know, I used to say, you are entitled to your own opinion, but you're not entitled to your own facts. But I think people now feel like they are entitled to their own facts. And I think that there's a great loss in the ability to actually think and to actually take in information and understand what you're taking in and the the way to learn not learn how to think but learn how to, what to do with the information you take in, how to find things out, how to, how to follow your interests, how to, how to know, how to distinguish between right and wrong, uh, correct and incorrect, is education. And... I think that, you know, in watching even my kids' schools and stuff, it feels to me like educational standards have dropped dramatically over the course of the last 20 or 30 years. And I don't know if it's because of a lack of funding or or what. Um, The older I get, the more I feel like the government sort of is – it feels like the best thing to do is to keep everybody – Dumb and angry at each other because then they're not seeing all the other stuff that's going on. I don't mean like nefarious baby-eating stuff. None of that's happening, but just like um, how people in power just continue to line their pockets and at the expense of the rest of us. And the way that they can do that is to make sure we stay uninformed and uninterested in being informed and it's not just about going to school and staying in school and going to university, but it's about being interested in things and finding things out and, and wanting to learn, uh, about what's going on around you. And and there really is nothing more important than that. The, the, the most important thing a person can be other than, you know, kind which we don't have nearly enough of anymore is informed and and just be able to understand what's going on in your world and in the world in general so absolutely like education is very much top of the list
0: mike that's just an incredible way is such rich words to describe the the value and impact of education and and knowledge and Yeah, it's just so wonderful to hear you say that. Uh, We've got time for one last question on this best of segment with uh, Mike Wilner, And I'm going to pass it over to my MVP, my most valuable player, Ashton. Ashton, take it away.
1: Mike, what advice do you have for young kids looking to become a star sports broadcaster and journalist just like you?
2: Uh, you don't you don't want to know oh, yeah. um, <laughs> often um, the thing I tell people when they tell me they want to get into this business is don't um, it's just it's really really hard and the, the pathway that I had to get in doesn't exist anymore. you can't succeed anymore just by showing up and working hard um, and it, it, it people, hold on to these jobs forever, and then once they stop doing them, a lot of times they're not replaced. So there's there's not a job that opens up. For example, you know, I was working as a Blue Jays broadcaster and I got fired, and they had, two years later, still haven't filled that spot because very, very few media companies want to spend any money even fewer media companies want to hire full-time people and we're moving into this gig economy where people are working piece by piece and don't get paid much, don't get good benefits and really, really have to scrape by into their thirties and forties. It's, it's unfortunate, but it really is not a good business to get into. Um, because it, it, will, it will suck you dry, and there's, there's not a lot of payoff for very many people, and I know this comes off as sounding bitter or whatever, but um, the truth is I gave the same advice before I lost that job. Uh, well, I didn't lose it. I know where it is. It, it doesn't exist anymore, but um, before they got rid of me, um, the truth of the matter, like if this is something that is your dream and your goal and something you really, really want to do, then go to school, whether it's getting a journalism degree or whether it's going to uh, post-secondary like a college, like a Humber or a Fanshawe or a, a Seneca or something like that, or one of the post-grad programs like they have at Centennial or the College of Sports Media, those are good ways to funnel you in. And you can find an internship hopefully through there if you're one of the best uh, students. And then it's a matter of doing really good work and waiting. But the waiting is a lot longer now than it used to be. And it's unfortunate. Um, For me, I think honestly in today's world, the best way to do it is to create your own content is to start a blog, have a YouTube channel, get on social media and do wonderful things that have people take notice and build from there. There are a lot of people who, you know, started their own little ventures and wound up getting jobs for established organizations or just creating their own thing, making a living putting out a podcast with a video element and, and a, a blog uh, element as well. I think there, you know, there's room for innovation, uh, but the traditional routes are not the routes to go. I think right now you got to have great ideas and figure out how to do it yourself.
0: What a great way to end our uh, great best of segment. That's uh, Mike Wilner, Blue Jays media personality and, uh, with some real and rewarding advice for our listeners. Uh, Mike, on behalf of Ashton and I, we want to thank you so much for uh, joining us here on champs and chums. Um, Just from the opening pitch to the final out, it's been amazing. Um, It's been a treat for Ashton. We were so excited to have you on the show and an extra treat for dear old dad here. Uh, Just obviously uh, knowing you for uh, uh, so long and to reconnect, um, you know, uh, it's been great. Uh, you know, and listening to you through this whole segment, uh, you just have such a wonderful way to yarn a story. And, uh, uh, you, whether it be with a pen, uh, or that great voice at yours, my friend. Um, so yeah, it's been just amazing to have you on the way you describe the sights and sounds of the great game of baseball, but just, uh, sports life and friendship which is what champs and chums all is all about it's just been wonderful and just before we end our segment i'd now like to ask my uh chum ash to say a few words to you
1: well uh mike thank you for coming on the show it's been an honor having you on and um my dad has told me stories about how you met in sports and uh huge fan of the blue jays and let's hope a world series comes to toronto so mike thank you for coming on the show
2: well gentlemen thank you both so much for having me i hope i didn't come off as too much of a crazy person but uh, i really did appreciate uh, the opportunity to, to talk to you guys and and anthony it's great to reconnect and ashton it's great to meet you uh, even in this uh, this weird sort of environment but um I, it was my pleasure and i wish you guys nothing but the best of success with this venture and uh, and I think you're doing a great job.
0: Amazing 100% best of Mike Wilner Ashton you're going to take us to break on episode 34.
1: This ends our father son best of segment. More father son fun talk coming up. You're listening to the Champs and Chums podcast.
0: Welcome back to Champs and Chums. Happy June, everybody. It is our Father's Day month episode. It's Anthony and Ashton in the broadcast chair. So glad that you're with us here on Champs and Chums. And Ashton, uh, it's now time for our special All Pro Go segment. That's right, everybody. Our All Pro Go segment is a Did You Know Sports Spotlight. So that's where my chum Ashton shares with you, our great listeners, uh, uh, puts a spotlight on a great sport, and we've got a real beauty that's a combination of two great sports themselves. Ashton, uh, what sport are we going to feature here this month?
1: We are going to feature soccer, baseball, also known as kickball.
0: That's right, and uh, well, we'll get to our fun stories about that in a sec. You tell you tell the listeners uh, a bit more about soccer, baseball, or as they call it, kickball.
1: Kickball, also known as soccer baseball, is most of Canada and football rounders in the United Kingdom, is a sport and league game similar to baseball. As in baseball, one team tries to score by having its players return a ball from home base to the field and then circle the bases while other team the other team tries to stop them by tagging them out with the ball before they can return to the home base instead of hitting a, a small hard ball without a bat players kick an inflated rubber ball this makes it more accessible to young children as in baseball teams alternate half innings the team with the most uh, access or er, the team with the most runs after a num- number- predefined number predefined a number of inning, innings wins. Kickball is a popular playground game and is typically pay, played among young school-age school age children. The lack of both special, specialized and equipment and highly skill-based positions like pitcher makes the game accessible uh, introduction to other sports such as baseball and softball.
0: Well, there you have it, folks. That's soccer, baseball, uh, slash kickball, and uh, yeah, it's such a great sport. It, as as you, you said in your uh, your spotlight there, Ashton, it's accessible.
1: Yeah, it is. It's
0: played at school grounds, and uh, I think now is the most appropriate time for us to take our best kick and tell the fans um, our great stories of soccer, baseball. Why don't we start with you?
1: Okay, so I th- I haven't played it. M- much before but uh, i played in gym class and i uh, ended up getting a home run for my for my team and uh, ended up winning the game 2 to nothing so that's my experience um with with uh uh with soccer baseball
0: you know and we just had a a, a great broadcaster a great uh, columnist a great blue jays media personality mike wilner Geez. Uh, it wouldn't have been a magic if he actually had to call that home run.
1: Yeah, that would have been pretty cool.
0: Yeah, to have such a a pro like Mike Wilder calling you as you're uh, making the call as you rounded the bases there at at your school.
1: Yeah, I I had to try my best to go to to go to each base because if if you get tagged you're out and uh you have to sit on the side while your other teammates try to get a home one station
0: to station soccer baseball everybody that's the way it's done that's the way you win the game and you mentioned school and uh uh this is going back years ashton we're talking probably 1985 1986 when your dad was in junior high and uh well in fact on for father's day weekend when we went to uh to visit uh your your grandpa alan my dad alan uh who's resting uh, at pine hill cemetery we always make it a point to go and visit some of the other great places and spaces that made up my childhood in scarborough and share that with ashton so i took you over to charles gordon and you remember when i took you around the back
1: yeah, there was a soccer baseball field.
0: There was a baseball diamond there. And as you just called it, my friend, it's such a simple game. Yeah. It's accessible. Mm-hmm. All, and uh, I wish I had a a, um, a, a ball there because I would have relived a lot of memories and dreams uh, back in 1986 when uh, a lot of us in the schoolyard would play soccer baseball. I remember it very well. And we tried to actually get the um, the ball right over the roof.
1: Yeah, that's... Uh that's what you told me, and um, that's, uh, it's a pretty hard challenge because it looked pretty, pretty tall, that roof, and it looked like it seemed very fun, and uh, you told me there was this one guy who was very athletic and he could kick it uh, far.
0: David Bergman. Yep. Remember him very well. He might have been in Burby, actually, too, uh, but yeah, great athlete to Charles Gordon, great memories. That's our all-pro go. goal. For episode 34, it's soccer baseball. Lots more show to come. This is our special Father's Day episode. Happy June, everybody. You're listening to episode 34 of the Champs and Chums podcast. father-son fun talk you're listening to episode 34 of the champs and chums podcast this is our special father's day month episode it's anthony and ashton here so glad that you're with us here on this june episode of champs and chums and ashton it's now time for our signature segment that's right everybody it's our champs and chums segment we will salute our stars on and off the field so this is where uh my uh, chum ashton gets to salute a champ and chum And uh, yours truly, Dad, will do the very same. Ashton, over to you for your champ of episode 34.
1: My champ of episode 34 is Vladimir Guerrero Jr.
0: And what a selection that is. How poignant, how special, how memorable, because it was just, at the time of this recording, it was probably just over under a week ago when you had that special moment with Vladdy on Father's Day. But, um... You know, you talked about that story a little earlier, but why is Vladimir Guerrero your champ of this episode?
1: Well, uh, he's really, you know, kind-hearted, and you really think for a guy who has just joined the league, actually, um, pretty recently, just before COVID hit, um, that he wouldn't be that used to uh, this team, but he, he is, he's carried the team and, um, he's done very well. And he's, he, he's getting very well at English now. And, um, I love that, that just one quote that just made me think the Blue Jays are going to do it this year. Uh, when we were up at Kyle's, um, house, uh, we were watching the TV and we were, seeing spring training and he said last year was the trailer but this year you're gonna see the movie which was the best quote I've ever heard
0: yeah that's right and uh he's such a super talented player so young and I hear you when you said he has a lot of fun enjoying the game you can tell he enjoys the game Mm -hmm. so um yeah I mean as you said just just before COVID I guess sort of the his first uh uh, game was April 26, 2019, 89 home runs, 254 RBIs, an amazing uh, player, great potential. That's Ashton's champ of episode 34, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. Well, Ashton, this is a special episode. It's about Father's Day, and you just picked uh, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr.'s son, and it's now time for dad selection. And I'm gonna take Vladimir Guerrero, father. That's right, everybody. We talked about him earlier. Vladimir Guerrero, uh, Jr. Son. Uh, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Senior. Uh, you know, affectionately known as Vlad the Impaler. 16 major league seasons. Hall of Famer. In 2018, he was the American League MVP. In 2004. Uh, nominated it for an ESPY as the best major leaguer. He had that incredible, and i seen him play Ashton. Yeah. The incredible power, speed, fielding. I mean, uh, and, you know, Canadian fans just adored him. He was uh, was a Montreal Expo. In fact, uh, Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was born in Montreal.
1: Yes, he was.
0: Right? So there you go. That's uh, our champs, a collective father-son package. That's uh Vladimir Jr. for Ashton, and then Vladimir Sr. For, for, for Dad. Ashton, over to you for your chum of episode 34.
1: My chum of episode 34 is you.
0: Wow. Well, that you, you know, and fans, if you can see here, he's got this bright, cute smile as he's looking towards me here. We're at the home studio, Studio 32 here, and he's giving me a bright smile. I, I'm touched, Ashton. You've named me a chum. For episode 34, um, do I dare ask, why did you select me as your chum of episode 34?
1: Well, I mean, as my teacher said, I can write lines and lines of, of all the good things you've done um, for me. And just being a, a great dad and supporting me along the way. And I think this passion, passion project has gone a long, long way. And I think we can make it to 40 episodes. I'm believing, I'm believing we can make it to 40 episodes. And um, you've helped me improve my public speaking. And because um, before I I wasn't really as confident as I used to be, but now I think you probably helped me with that. And you've also been my sports coach throughout uh, my my life uh, because I think learning from someone who has lots of experience in sports is um, better than getting it from a coach because you're my coach you're my mentor for sports and um, as my teacher said I can write a million lines about uh, the good things you've done about me or for me
0: Oh, well, that's nice of you to say. You know, fans, this is a, 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 a the podcast is audio only, but if you can see me right now, you probably can actually hear and sense and feel a bright smile that's coming across uh, my face right behind this microphone. It makes me so proud to hear those words, Ashton. Um, I'm the lucky one, right? Uh, so uh, to, to be your dad. And so it is my great pleasure to name my chum for episode 34, and that's you, Ashton.
1: Well, how kind of that? How kind of you to do that?
0: Well, the pleasure is all mine, and you know, um, th- as you, you said, your teacher can, uh, you told your teacher, uh, your teacher has as well as told you that you could write uh, hundreds, thousands of lines about why uh, your dad is special, and and so great in your life and and I feel I can match you and probably go 10 times greater than that because you are an absolute MVP my friend you're a gift um, to me in so many ways Um, you we have a special relationship and I hope everybody every month as they listen or see us with this fun uh, father-son passion project um, can get a little window into the world about this relationship between my um, my forever champ and chum Ashton you know I heard you when you said Ashton you know you know you believe right in the project and you believe that we can get to episode 40 I know right I believe uh, in this as well too that what we've done here is something special and you know, behind the mic, away from the mic, doing fun things and having great experiences for you, uh, with you, I mean, that's kind of, I believe in you and uh, it's so special to, um, to share this, um, this project with you. It means the, the world to me and to have the chance to see you grow, hear you grow you make me grow as a person too and we get this opportunity every month to bring this beautiful, wonderful show, father-son, fun talk about sports life and friendship and and get a chance to talk to some fascinating people from all walks of life and knowing I'm doing it with you by my side, man. That's um—is the World Series, the Stanley Cup, the Super Bowl, the Masters, it's all wrapped in to that, uh, to that, uh, special, special feeling I have. So good stuff. What a way to, uh, to close our Champs and Chums segment. And you know what, everybody, we're going to wrap this show up in the next segment, but you're listening to episode 34 of the Champs and Chums podcast. Welcome back to Champs and Chums, episode 34. And Ashton, it's now time to close our special Father's Day month segment. Um, And Ashton, out of all the shows that we've done, I ask you a very important question at the end of it. And I'll ask you again on this episode. What did you learn today, my man?
1: Well, I learned more Blue Jay stories from uh, Mike... um, and the story about uh, John McDonald was an amazing Father's Day story and um, you guys heard it it was an amazing story his dad had passed away the next day he hit a home run just for his dad on on Father's Day as well.
0: Well yeah and so I mean talk about a a broad person that can share great stories uh, sports stories and uh, we are so privileged to have Mike Wilner come on the show. I mean, Mike's a real pro, and um, that voice, that way that he can tell a story, just he can take you on a journey, and yeah, you're right, Ashton, that uh, being at Father's Day and him talking about that real emotional, heartfelt, energetic moment when uh, he came up to pinch hit, I believe it was uh, late in the game, and uh, his dad, as you said, only passed away days, uh, uh, days previous. And for him to do that, not a guy that actually, he's a light hitting shortstop and a, a you know, multi uh, talented um, positional player, but he, uh, he hit one out there and it was such an emotional moment. Great to have um, a Blue Jay Media personality, Mike Willner, come on the show. Uh, Ashton, uh, what else did you learn?
1: Well, I learned lots more about uh, uh, kickball and also the rules of kickball as well.
0: Well, yeah, there are rules in it, eh? But I guess if you really get one, uh, a ball rolled down to you at the heart of the plate, you can just knock it out of the park and that will be called a home run in soccer baseball.
1: Yeah, pretty much.
0: Well, good stuff, uh, my man. Well, listen, it's been a really special show. Uh, We want to thank Mike Wilner, Blue Jays media personality, now uh, the famous columnist, uh, podcaster uh, for the Toronto Star and the um, Deep Left Field, respectively. You want to check out that podcast. Some fascinating uh, interviews, stars around Major League Baseball, uh, stars off the field as well too. That's uh, Deep Left Field, um, his podcast. Uh, great to have Mike Wilner come up on the show. Uh, And Ashton, who else do we want to thank?
1: We want to thank the Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who helped produce the show.
0: The Power Girls and Uncle Dennis who've been there right from the very beginning at Champs and Chums. They do a great job helping us produce the show. And Ashton, uh, where can uh, our fans subscribe uh, to Champs and Chums and check us out?
1: They can subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher Radio, TuneIn, Podbean, and CastBox.
0: And lots, and lots more. And join us on social. You can check us out Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, YouTube, at Champs and Chums, and our website, ChampsandChums.com. Ashton, this is going to be a fabulous, a wonderful Father's Day episode month. Thank you so much for tuning in, everybody. And as we always say, cheers to champs, cheers to chums, and cheers to an all-star day. Thanks for listening.